Welcome to this podcast from the Gastroenterology Learning Network. I'm your moderator, Rebecca Mashaw, and I'm here today with Dr. Alexandra Lovanos from the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York. She's an instructor in the Division of Gastroenterology there and was involved in some recent research that revealed a possible indicator that could predict who might develop ulcerative colitis as much as 10 years in advance. So we're very interested to hear about this study. Welcome, Dr. Lovanos. Thank you, and thank you for having me today. So what led you to investigate the role of alpha-V beta-6 antibodies in UC? So there was a paper published in 2021, also in gastroenterology by a group in Japan. And what they found is that these antibodies were present in patients with ulcerative colitis at a high degree. Um, And these are patients that were already diagnosed with the disease. And we became very interested in antibodies against this integrin because this integrin has some unique functions. It's expressed exclusively on epithelial cells and may play an important role in barrier function as well as in maintaining epithelial homeostasis. And because of those ascribed functions, we thought that possibly this may be an important target. And so keeping that in mind, we then investigated whether we could see these antibodies prior to disease development. So can you give us an overview of the study, please? So basically, uh, we use this cohort called the PREDIX cohort, which is from the Department of Defense and is really pioneered by Dr. Jean-Fred Collenbell, who is very well known in the field. And in this cohort, there's samples that were collected as part of routine monitoring at, at the Department of Defense. So these are active service members. And eventually, people develop different diseases, including ulcerative colitis. And so we identified subjects who developed ulcerative colitis and then matched them to healthy individuals and then obtained their samples before diagnosis that were already archived. And so we had samples two years before the diagnosis, approximately four years before diagnosis, and then sort of the farthest out time point was 10 years before diagnosis. And we took those samples and tested them for these antibodies. And consistent with the results that were already published, we found that these antibodies were present at a high level in those with diagnosed disease, which is time point A, which is the first time point. But what was really striking was that these antibodies were also present in a subset of patients two years, four years, and even 10 years before diagnosis. Your article mentioned that high levels of this integrin were associated with a composite of adverse UC outcomes. What specific kinds of outcomes were we talking about there? So yeah, this was from a separate cohort where we looked at, actually two separate cohorts, where we looked at patients who had just been diagnosed with disease. And then we looked at their antibody levels and looked at outcomes. And here we looked at the outcomes of needing surgery, needing steroids, needing a biologic, so not just some medication like mesalamine So that means at least a moderate to severe phenotype and hospitalization. How would you choose who to assess for the presence of these antibodies in the absence of symptoms? How would you go about finding patients who might be at risk to see if these antibodies are present? So that's going to be an important question going forward because you can't just screen the entire population for this. 
Um, and I don't think we're at the point that that would be appropriate. But you may imagine that people who are at risk for developing disease by their genetics. So they have a family member that already has IBD, either Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. And possibly by testing for these antibodies, we can identify individuals that are higher risk. And eventually the idea would be able to then prescribe some recommendations to potentially prevent or delay disease onset. That was my next question. What do you then do if you find people who are showing these preclinical antibodies what kind of steps would a gastroenterologist then need to take to help the patient at least delay, if not prevent the onset of UC? That is a wish that, will, that we're not quite there yet, but we could take some you know, very easy strategies like recommending dietary changes. Um, there's been a lot of studies recently that have come out showing that diets that are rich in foods that are processed may lead to higher rates of disease development. In addition, in another preclinical cohort, looking more like at Crohn's disease out of the group in uh, Canada showed that Mediterranean diet could per, was associated with less likely develop, to develop Crohn's disease in high-risk patients. So that could be a start, but really further investigation would be needed to really understand what we could do to prevent disease development. And studies like this was the start of what now has become study in New England Journal of Medicine for diabetes. So type 1 diabetes similarly is preceded by the development of autoantibodies and also um, evidence of impaired insulin production. And so there was a study in New England Journal of Medicine where they detected patients that were high risk for developing type 1 diabetes and actually gave them a treatment to delay onset of type 1 diabetes. So similarly, studies could eventually be developed to do that. We're not there yet in, in IBD or ulcerative colitis, but that is the future. Frequently, it seems people who have one autoimmune illness have another. Would that be a subset of people who should possibly be tested? Um, maybe someone with rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis or systemic sclerosis? Possibly, but we would have to keep in mind that some of these patients with other autoimmune diseases may be more prone to have autoantibodies that may or may not be related to another disease. And so I think we would need to be careful to assess the rates of these antibodies in asymptomatic people who never developed disease in those populations before we made those conclusions. It definitely is a possibility, but I don't think we have enough data to show that these would be as specific in those populations. In some of the studies that have already been done, they did look at other diseases like lupus and the, these antibodies and did not find them present. But those were numbers were small and I think it would need to be further validated before we make any conclusions there. So there's a long way to go before we find out how to actually apply this knowledge in a way that could be helpful in the clinic. Yes, for prevention. The other part of the study, which did show that these antibodies could be used to predict or are associated with these complications, that is an already diagnosed patients. And so that is a, another group that potentially testing for these antibodies along with other clinical features could help us risk stratified our prognosticate patients that are going to have a more complicated disease phenotype and maybe point us in a direction to be more aggressive with therapeutics. 
So could this be the biomarker for UC that everybody has been hoping for and searching for? Well, we certainly hope so, but I think we're still a long way away from that. And I, you know, I predict, you know, this will be useful in some patients, but I don't think it's going to be a one biomarker or one thing fits all. Um, I think there's a lot of disease heterogeneity that we still don't quite understand. That's one of the biggest challenges in this field, isn't it? Definitely. But I think by developing such things, we'll be able to understand that heterogeneity and be aware of it in a way that we haven't been in the past. Well, this is very exciting research, and we look forward to what comes next. And I hope to be speaking with you again uh, before too long about what you found out. Thanks for spending this time with us this morning. It's very interesting. Thank you.